0: Before we kick off this episode, I'd like to run a couple trailers by friends of the show. These are people who have been active in our community and we love the content they've created. I'll even throw a couple trailers at the end as well. Make it a nice podcast sandwich. Dude, I would eat a podcast sandwich. Like, if I went to a cafe or a bistro and they had something called a podcast sandwich, I wouldn't even read what was on it, I would just order that shit. Quick note about this first trailer, Cosa Nostra is a ton of fun. It's a mobster TTRPG that's in development by Don Steeson, and we've been playing it, and it's so much fun. <laughs> if you jump on our LCP DND YouTube channel and go to the Cosa Nostra playlist, you can watch our sessions. Uh, at the time of this episode, the game is completely free to play, and if you want to try the game out yourself, this trailer will tell you how to reach his Twitter and Discord server. I'm here to make you an offer that you can't refuse. Cosa Nostra is a tabletop RPG where you get to be the bad guy. Join the mob, commit crimes, earn respect. You can find a link to our Discord at CosaTTRPG. That is at K-O-S-A-T-T-R-P-G
1: on Twitter. See you there. A dead acolyte, her puzzle box, a city
0: festering with secrets, and four individuals working to uncover those secrets, as well as those contained within each other. Individuals?
2: (laughs) I think of myself more as a hero of Mithrin. Well, I didn't sign up for any of this hero business. I call myself a researcher, because that's what I am.
1: That's all rubbish. We are adventurers.
0: We will squeeze every drop of adventure out of this city or die trying. Join us on the adventure by listening to Little Realms, a Dungeon Dragons 5e actual play podcast, and by following us on Twitter at PodRealms.
3: May your journey be journey successful. Be successful.
0: <laughs>
1: Damn it, Candace.
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be saying this because I'm a priest. But I sure am tired of godlike beings. I'm tired of being a pawn in their games. I joined the FIA to protect people from fey. I didn't realize I would get thrown into a game of tug of war by naked spider-women, musical dragons, and corpse-raising demons. And if that wasn't enough, I'm also expected to go request a miracle from an orcish witch, and I can't even drink any more whiskey because we're giving it away. Not that I am entirely in the mood for whiskey right now after last night. No, no, I could still go for some whiskey.
2: Let's just fast forward through the night then. You guys wake up the next morning and and the sun is already quite hot, you know, it's kind of uh beating down upon you and and you guys are are incredibly dehydrated from drinking so much the night before. Um and so the hangover is it's it's something fierce, uh if I do say so myself. And actually Tom as you're sort of getting your bearings, you think you hear something kind of like whispering on the wind almost. Why don't you make me a perception check? Eight. You can't quite make out exactly what, what this, this voice is saying, but it's, it's like these overlapped whispers almost, and you just get this feeling that it's about Ernie. And it, it doesn't it doesn't make you feel good. It's it's like just, just this, this sound that is is sort of echoing lightly through your head and it just it seems to float ever so easily on the breeze and once you kind of rub your eyes and gain your bearings, the sound is gone. Igmit. Are you awake? Well, now I
0: am. Did you just hear something? There sounded like some distant voice or something.
3: You know I can't hear for shit right now.
0: I'm... oh, no offense, no offense. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear horses? No. I wouldn't be surprised if it was that damn dragon playing tricks on us again. What the hell did he decide to show up for last night anyway? We're just playing toys to him. (sighs) How much longer do you reckon until we arrive at the camp?
3: Well, we'll we'll get there about noon.
0: Now, uh, I... Anything that made me look like a priest, I, I left it behind except for the stuff I would need for spells and stuff. So, I'm going to say, uh... Is there anything else that I need to be aware of before we reach the orc camp? I'm trying to disguise myself as a civilian, Yes. 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 Not with the FIA. I don't
3: know magic. No magic, no FIA, no Ernie. And I think, for your own safety, you might want to pretend to be my slave or attendant or something i don't know
0: my entire countenance
3: falls <laughs> <laughs> do you want to die or do you want to get through this i'm
0: thinking hold on
3: <laughs> look i'm not going to put a chain on you just act like i tell you what to do <sighs> your
0: manservant
3: you have to understand and I grab Tom like by the side of his face you have to understand these people I do not believe that they are inherently evil but they have a harsh life harsh way of survival and that has made them a harsh people They are offended easily, so don't talk to anyone. Don't, you know, approach them like you did Mrs. Fillmore. Just follow me and let me do the talking.
0: Very well. I wiped my face off
2: (laughs) where he touched me. (laughs) (laughs) Are you guys uh, just heading out then? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, it's cool. You guys, um, you guys cook a quick breakfast and you know drink some water out of your water skins, and probably a little bit more than you would have planned. But I mean, it wasn't a real long trip, so I feel like you guys brought more than ample amounts of water. But I mean, you guys definitely still have a little bit of a thumping in your head, and and um, the sun beating down upon you is definitely not helping the situation. Tom, you're having a little bit easier time because, you know, you have sunglasses and that kind of just helps in general with, uh, like, the photosensitivity and and all of that kind of stuff, but Igmit, you're feeling like hell. Right, (laughs) right. You definitely definitely wish that you wouldn't have imbibed uh, maybe as much (laughs) the night before. Um, And so you guys aren't making the best time in the world just because... Every time that horse bounces, your stomach lurches just a little bit. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, you just feel your entire body is just basically doing somersaults on the inside, and uh, and it's just it's not it's not helping anything. But about three or four hours pass, and you guys have been riding. I'd say that you guys probably woke up at about six a.m. and and hit the old dusty trail about seven or so. And so I mean. It's about 10 o'clock in the morning uh, maybe 10:30 when when finally it starts to subside for you a little bit Igmet you know uh, <laughs> your strong uh, half orkish uh, constitution kind of allows you to just process poison just faster than most beings and so you know you you start to feel not right as rain but definitely better. Whereas Tom, okay. you still feel like utter and complete fucking garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you I would say uh, that there is little that uh, that can console you at this point.
0: <laughs> As we're writing, I want to say, Igmet, do you know how often these orc people bathe? I don't.
3: They don't really bathe much. They. You know, we'll clean themselves off with damp hides and uh, use different herbs and stuff to clean themselves. Maybe like right. clay.
0: I already feel sick from last night. How often do they change their outfits? Do they say wear the same pair of clothes day after day?
3: They're living out here in tents. What do you think, we can just order linen shirts from the Imperium? They wear hides, and they wear them until they wear out.
0: I have a feeling I'm going to be sick, but this could be useful. I suppose I'll see when I get there.
3: Speaking of clothes, um, rip off one of your sleeves for me. You got a white shirt on, don't you?
0: I don't have an undershirt. This black shirt is all that I have.
3: You don't have any white clothes
0: with you? I have my handkerchief. Well, hand it here. You need the whole thing, because I myself could use a part of this for reasons. (sighs) Rip it in half. (laughs) Thank you.
3: And, um... Can I pause in the saddle for a minute and just find like a stick or something hanging off of a bush?
2: Yeah, yeah, no problem.
3: Okay, thank you. And I'm just going to attach uh, the part of a the handkerchief the to
2: The French stick. national flag to it? Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oui, monsieur. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm.
2: No, I, I knew exactly what you were going for as soon as you asked for something white. Like, I, uh, um, you, you still, like, you can see the mountains are looming in the distance, and you know that they, that because the resources in game are just better in the mountains, because as you get into higher elevation, you, you just have cooler temperatures and more water, mm. more rainfall, and, and things like that. Mm. And so, like, you can't see the, uh, the orc encampment yet, but you know that you're getting closer. You know what I mean? Like, the bigger these mountains get, the closer you get to your destination. And so you're confident that, you know, the next probably three hours, you, you feel like you've probably lost a little bit of time just from taking it a little bit more slowly because of your hangovers and, and just, you know, moving slowly in, in general.
3: So, would you say we're kind of leaving like the the bottom land, getting more into um, the higher elevation with with more tree
2: cover? Yeah, there you haven't quite gotten in, gotten into the tree line yet. You know what I mean? Okay. It's still mostly just cottonwoods and stuff. But there is definitely a lot more vegetation than there was before. You know what I mean? Like you can clearly tell that while you guys are not climbing um, quickly. Mm-hmm. You're definitely climbing steadily. You know what I mean. Like, so you are definitely. Uh, I would say at this point, you're maybe 750 to 1,000 feet above sea level. By the time you get to the orc encampment, you're going to be closer to two or three thousand. Okay. Okay. So you know we're talking about a, a very different climate kind of thing. Um, mm. Not not necessarily cold, but cooler. You know. Mm -hmm. Where I would guess it's probably in the 90s right now, um, and maybe a little bit hotter in the lowlands in the basin, it'll maybe be, you know, 75, 80 um, up by where the orc encampment is. So it's definitely not as bad, but rain still isn't as common um, as it would be in, say, like a temperate forest or something like that. Um, Yeah, you guys uh, continue on,
1: I assume? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Um, after a few more hours pass, you guys can now start to make out the large. Um, well, first of all, you start to see trees start to come in. Mostly just smaller, scraggly pines. Um, but as you kind of get further in, you know, you see that there are more of them. Um, still not quite tall enough to block out the huge tents and this large wooden wall where all of the all of the the logs have been sharpened to points at the top. and it sort of just surrounds this little semicircle area at the at the base of one of these mountains. And there are like there are these large um, they look to be made out of bone, canvas and wood basically just like a lot of this seems like it's just sort of roughshod put together with any materials that were nearby sort of thing and and you see that there are there's these large guard towers that sort of loom over this wall and you can even sort of make out the tall archway that would be the gate to get into this encampment
0: as we're approaching this place tom says This is very different than I had pictured in my mind.
3: What were you expecting?
0: Just didn't expect such a fortification. I pictured tents. We called it a camp. We didn't call it a fortress. I didn't know there would be a wall around it. I'm going to feel trapped inside. (laughs) This is...
3: It's no different than wood buildings. It's just canvas and... a little bit of wood
0: I suppose there's no turning back now
3: no, no, because
0: they've already seen us so, um, how close are we?
2: okay, so one of the things that I was going to point out is once you guys, once you guys get close enough to really make out all of the details I would say like three quarters of a mile or a half a mile away you notice that almost everything, except for the low brush that has sort of started to grow up again, has been clear-cut. Mm. So there's no cover. Not really. No. You would you would you would estimate that anywhere from a half a mile to three quarters of a mile around this perimeter has been completely deforested of any of any tall uh, plant material that uh, would have been growing and wesley why don't you make me a survival check or igmit i should say 22. one of the things that you remember seeing at one point is that they do large-scale controlled burns in this area and you also know that uh Like, right outside the walls, they tend to move some of this soil after they've done these controlled burns, and that's kind of what they use in order to grow their crops in such a rocky soil.
3: Hmm, okay. rudimentary fertilizer.
0: (laughs) Before we get out into this open where there's no more cover, I say, hold on just a minute, and I stop my horse. So... Somehow, we have to get the chief out of that fortress. Yep. (laughs) Do you have a plan for that,
3: or... Well, I could challenge him, and hopefully kill him, and then we take his body back. But the first thing I want to try is see if we can talk him into coming back to... The crossing with us, and, uh, I'll paint him a a story, and, uh, maybe tell him that old man Fillmore wants to talk to him about the burial grounds. Maybe he'll come with us.
0: You think we could convince him to just walk out of his castle?
3: I don't know. It, it's worth a try. And, uh, oh... I don't, I don't rather really remember who's chief, um, right now, uh, but, um, the first thing we want to do is go to the shaman and see if they can help us heal up, uh, I, I just, I don't feel right, uh, not, not as strong as I used to be, um, and I, I know you're hurting, ain't you?
0: I kind of roll my eyes at the mention of the shaman. Fine.
2: (coughs) (laughs) So, Igmit, one of the things that you would know about uh, orc culture is that weakness is not tolerated. And so, because anybody who is gijak or blood can challenge, it happens pretty often. And while the chieftain doesn't always lose... It does mean that it is very hard to know who is in charge at any given point.
0: Right. Kind of a right. black Black Panther thing where they just get new chiefs all the time.
2: Um, I don't know. I've never seen Black Panther, so I don't know. But they could, uh maybe challenge.
0: they could challenge the king and if they win they become king, that's
2: all it is. Is it a fight to the death? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, it's exactly like that. Damn. Um, but the one thing that you do know about it, Igmet, is that it is a bare knuckle fight to the death. Like it is, it is tusks and claws only.
0: Alrighty. Tell me about this shaman. Is he? You told me not to reveal my magic. Is he going to be able to tell? I don't
3: rightly really know. Um. The old. Well, my my uncle Diabetes uh who ain't my real <laughs> uncle. Uh he took me in when I was a boy on the streets and he taught me about the orc ways and well I know that the shamans have mighty power, but I don't know if they can sense magic in you or not.
0: <laughs> Let's hope not.
3: <clears throat> now um you need to take off all your all your weapons, uh, put them on your saddle, and you should probably just start leading your horse and uh, I'm gonna hand him one of the whiskey bottles, hand that to someone, follow my lead, and hopefully we can get past these guards. Um, I'm gonna take off all my weapons. Um, but I am going to hide one of my tomahawks, um, in my trousers, if that's okay.
2: Uh, okay. Um, why don't you, why don't you make me a stealth check to do that then?
3: Okay. Oh, I have really good stealth. Thank you, Jesus. That's, uh,
2: 24. Um, Okay. So yeah, you guys... um, You
0: shove it up your butt.
2: Thanks for that, Brian. Uh, (laughs) No, really, the audience couldn't have done without that (laughs) fucking third grade gem. Dude, all of the third graders that just heard that were like,
1: Dude,
2: their brains just fucking exploded. Like, that was the best joke that they've ever heard. Literally everybody else (laughs) rolled their fucking eyes, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you have a tomahawk in your butt <laughs> uh, <classic. laughs>
2: oh by the way i fucking hate you you're welcome don um <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be so long ago that he actually
0: said that he's not even gonna remember
2: oh i know right but i mean back to toxic dming you know what i mean it's kind of our thing um, so ladies and gentlemen in the audience though never DM players like this it's not nice we, we have a Brian <laughs> and he's a whipping boy and that's what makes it okay you know what I mean if you get your own Brian feel free to be mean to him all you want but like you, you just can't do that to normal players okay PSA over the more you know <laughs> good luck finding a Brian <laughs> <laughs> good luck finding a generic bald guy who was homeschooled and loves IPAs <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair.
0: <laughs> um, oh,
2: so just fuck. to
3: clarify, Igmit is now off his horse. He's holding the French national flag, and um, he's gonna lead the horses, and uh, I'm gonna hand the whiskey bottles to Tom.
2: All right, and so you guys. Uh you guys keep uh, heading just basically um, in a straight line towards the gates. Once you get about halfway through you see the gates start to open and you see some orcs come out and they're atop horses and they're just kind of uh, kind of just riding around in, in like not in circles but like back and forth almost and and the horses seem restless almost but they're they're just kind of waiting there. And after a few moments and and three of them come out, the doors close behind them, and they start to ride towards you guys at full speed.
3: I'm gonna stand right where I am and hold up the flag high.
2: all right. as they get closer, you can. See that these... So these orcs look different from the orcs that attacked you guys. Um, They're not smaller per se, but they're definitely not as muscular as the ones that uh, you guys ran into in the canyon. And the other thing that you kind of notice about them is rather than them being dressed in like loincloths and furs and and things of that nature, more of like a, a rustic approach... These orcs have on mismatched cotton shirts and, I mean, there's plenty of holes in them and and some of the holes are patched up with just different animal skins and stuff. Um, all of them have huge tusks protruding from their mouths. Um, one of them, the lead one, is wearing just a tattered old Stetson-style hat. And I mean, like, there's, there's a chunk missing out of the brim of it and at this point, the top of it is no longer like that nice square sort of shape with the, uh, you know, indents in it. Like it's all been kind of uh, pushed out, and so it's just sort of a weird bubble almost. Mm-hmm. And and the other two just have these these red bandanas that are just tied around their heads, and you notice that that they all have long hair with various colored beads and and skulls and just different things kind of shaking around. And and their hair is very matted. And I wouldn't say that it's dreadlocked, but it's, it's borderline that. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't look like they bathe super often. Um, but it seems as though, like, once they insert a bead or something like that into their hair, it, it doesn't come out again unless they're going to cut it. And... But this guy with the Stetson on, his hair comes down to the middle of his back and is just incredibly long. And it's just, it looks like it's tied with like a piece of leather um, at his neck. But I mean, like it's bouncing everywhere. And um, one of the things, Igmat, that you know is that uh, when you fail or are cowardly in battle, if they don't deem it worthy to kill you, they cut your hair. And so the ones that have the longest hair are the ones to be most intimidated by.
3: Okay. Okay.
2: And one of the other things that I need to point out that I forgot is the weapons. They, they have rifles slung across their backs. And mm-hmm. um, you can see tomahawks on the belts of all of them as well. Not anywhere near as nice as the tomahawk that you have, or the tomahawks that you have. These ones Mm -hmm. look to be, you know, a little bit more rudimentary and not as well put together. But again, another one of the things that you know about orcs is that they're not—they're not usually retrieving their weapons, and so they're kind of made more hastily than well. Mm -hmm. And um, I assume that you're—you're just staying still and and awaiting further instructions. Then.
3: Yes, I am going to take my hat off and um, get the feather off of it out of the, um, I guess, the piece of leather around it and, and hold the, the feather in my other hand with the, with the reins.
2: So the one with the Stetson on, he comes up and he stays at, atop his horse and the other two are just kind of slowly circling you and Tom and they're not saying anything yet they're just kind of snarling at you as they're glaring um, <laughs> and one of the things that tom you notice about their eyes is that instead of having you know the white color to their cornea they have sort of this yellowish tint that just makes them look almost devilish and you just—I would imagine that uh, Tom probably feels fairly uncomfortable with this entire situation. Um, he's very—he's
0: very rigid, and he's trying his best to seem servant-like, like he's looking down at the ground. But that's about as far as his acting goes. He's still standing tall and like, an <laughs> elitist.
2: <laughs> okay, cool. It's just stuck um, up. So, uh, the one with the Stetson sort of, he swings one leg over his horse and he drops down to the ground and, Igma this is when you realize that he's a good six inches taller than you are.
3: Mm. Holy shit.
2: (laughs) And he comes closer to you and he gets very, very close, like into your personal space close. And he doesn't really do anything at first, he just locks eyes with you. And you can you can feel the heat from his breath. His his tusks are probably three and a half inches long and they're maybe two inches from your face at this point. Oh wow. And he's just breathing there and staring. Do you do anything?
3: I stay completely and still. And I see. Do you speak common?
1: We are not animals.
3: I'm not suggesting anything like that. I just was unsure of where you're from. Where have you come from, Baushnu Avuk. I have a cave outside Fillmore's Crossing. Why? Have you come? I'm here to evoke my birthright of seeing the shaman and I hold up the feather. I am part
2: of you. He uh, looks at you and he says and he looks very narrowly at you and he says uh, You. you think yourself,
1: Gijak? I am half Gijak. Have you completed Ro to Wukav?
3: I'm afraid I'm not familiar with that
2: term. He slams his face and his tusks into you and it doesn't do any damage to you, but he basically just like kind of bears down on you and sort of makes you a little bit smaller and says, Then you are not Gijak.
3: I was not raised in the camp, but I promise you, orc blood is in me. You can see that yourself.
1: Have you brought tribute for Urgot?
3: I have. And I'm just f- flutter my fingers towards Tom, and I gesture for him to walk towards me. Give him the whiskey. He goes, "Yes, human
1: meat is delicious."
3: <laughs> no, 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 feller, no, no. He, he's mine. The whiskey, whiskey's
2: yours. I very promptly reveal the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> He, uh, shrugs a little bit and sort of pulls
1: away from you and says, Perhaps this will get you a meeting. Perhaps Ergot will decide it best to eat you both. I have a gift for him as well. He looks over
2: at the two other orcs and he nods at them. And, uh, the one rides over and grabs the reins of your horse, Tom, and the other one, uh, kind of goes over to your horse, Igmit, Um and he stares you down as he's going for your reins to kind of see if you're going to do anything about it.
3: I stand firm, but uh, I will drop the reins. Come.
2: And he gets back up onto his horse and they lead your horses um, not at a very fast pace. So you guys, you can't quite keep up in the group like the pack with them but you definitely can keep up well enough um, but you also think that you might be a little bit out of earshot if you wanted to whisper something to each other
3: you think so far feller Tom doesn't
0: say anything <laughs>
3: <laughs> you pissed yourself yet and I kind of look down at his
0: he does summon up the courage to shake his head.
3: <laughs> and Igmit just keeps walking after that.
2: Alright. So as you guys make your way into these gates, the first thing that you notice is that there are tons of orcs out. Like, they're out basically just lining this main thoroughfare that's coming from the gates, and you... There, I mean way more than you would have expected, Tom. And Igmit you notice that um that there are some that are much bigger than this one that have his Stetson on. And there aren't many of them, but they're they're much bigger than this one, and they have on the more tragi- the more traditional garb that uh you remember from the orcs in the cam the canyon. Okay. And, um, like, one of the things that you guys both notice about, uh, about these people is many of them are, you know, missing hands, missing fingers, missing eyes, have huge garish scars across their face, across their chests. I mean, some of them, you know, are walking on crutches because they're missing legs. And, I mean, the ev- almost every single orc, unless they are, um... Unless they are children, and even some of the children, they have some sort of a garish old wound on their bodies. And you see there are just tents and tents, just these white canvas small tents that sort of are are put randomly. You know what I mean? Like, there aren't, like, streets that are created with this. There are just these these copses of of housing that exist um in areas near the walls and um there are a few things and pieces of architecture though that kind of stick out um above everything else you notice that there is there are what seem to be like sandstone ruins in sort of the center of this encampment, and it, you can immediately tell that these do not look to be orcish made. Orcs don't do construction like this. Like, they don't make super permanent construction. Like, it's it, it, was, it was a little bit shocking to you to see that they would have bothered to put up a wall like this, but, you know, you've been here before, and so you've seen the wall, and so that's not necessarily that jarring. But... Mm you have never been inside this encampment. And so this is the first time that you've seen these ruins and you almost wonder if they settled here because these ruins were here already. And like, there's a large tower that is definitely less ruined than, than this, uh, than this large structure in the center is. And that one looks sort of still usable. And then you can see that there is a smaller sort of walled um area with a bunch of more more well built tents inside and also some uh wooden buildings that are a little bit more permanent and a little bit more livable. And okay. You notice that a lot of the children are sort of standing around that area and a lot of the orcish women that are are carrying infants and things like that are sort of standing around that area. And then off sort of behind that, you can see this massive circular shaped tent with these large bones protruding out of the base and top of it like... You would guess that the majority of this tent is held up with large bones instead of with wooden stakes, like the rest of it. And then sort of off to your right, um, coming into this gate, you can see that there are more brightly colored tents. And you can smell, like, food cooking, and you can see that there are... There, there there, are various craftspeople that have kind of stopped working, and they're, they're not really um, doing their craft anymore, but, like, there's leather tanners and people that are making weapons and things like that, and they're all just looking at the half-orc and the human that were just invited into this camp.
3: Does it appear like these tents have been here a long time, Or maybe they've had an influx of of folks move in, you know, maybe for security reasons or, or is this permanent? So
2: some of these structures seem like they've been here for a very long time. The Sea of White Tents, however, seem like they have only been here for maybe a year. You know what I mean? Like, they definitely seem like they've been a little bit weather beaten, but... Nowhere near as bad as the rest of these structures. Like, especially the main large circular tent appears as though it's been there for a long time. Like, these bones have been bleached white.
3: Okay, okay.
2: You guys continue to make your way, you know, through the center of this camp towards this large uh, this large circular tent. And you start to you start to hear everybody sort of go back to their tasks and, and their business and things like that. And, uh, but you definitely hear a lot of chattering and noise and orcish and the smells for you, Igmit, are actually pretty good. Like, you don't mind the smell of this camp. Tom, make me a constitution saving throw. <laughs> Twelve. So you thought for a second that you were going to introduce all of these orcs to your Uncle Ralph, but you managed to kind of keep your, uh, <laughs> like, you get a little bit in the back of your throat and you just sort of swallow it back down and, like, <laughs> just painfully keep walking forward as your, your stomach is just doing flips. <laughs> Uncle Ralph. And <laughs> <laughs> Now who's the third grader, Tim? Me. But I'm allowed to, because it's funny when I do it. See how Wesley laughed? <laughs> I don't recall Wesley laughing at your uh, ass-mueling joke. <laughs> so anyway, um, you guys get up to the tent, and the guy, the orc in the Stetson turns to you, Igmet, and he says, Wait here. I will alert Urgot. And... He starts, uh, and he opens up the flaps and heads inside. But the two other orcs, they stay very close to you guys. Okay. And then after maybe five minutes or so, the Stetson, the Stetson's, the Stetson head sort of peers out and looks at you and goes, Come, Urgot will see you. And, uh, so as you walk in, Igmit, he, he just sort of, like, lets you pass. And Tom, if you're going to try and go in, he'll hold out a hand and, uh, and stop you.
0: <clears throat> I don't really speak, but I do kind of visually look down to the whiskey in my hand and then back up in him and then back down at the whiskey.
2: <laughs> you give. Only Gijak can see Urgot. And uh, he grabs the whiskey out of your hands and uh, and heads into the tent.
0: I awkwardly shuffle back a couple steps and then look at the guards next to me and kind of give them a nod. <laughs> a, re-
2: a really, really nervous one. <laughs> Igmit, as you get inside, you see that that inside of this tent is actually... A lot more lavish than you would have expected. Like, there are... There are taxidermied animals, like, there's a few mountain lions, like, uh... And not a few, there are two mountain lions, exactly, like, uh, sort of off to the sides of this... Throne... That this massive orc with this mottled green skin, and he's got just these deep, puckered scars going across his face and across his body. And he's not wearing a shirt. Instead, he just has this loincloth that's made out of animal skins and it's, clas- and it's clasped in front with this gold and red um, like belt buckle almost. And, and he has this, like, it looks to be... Well, why don't you make me a survival check? Um, Igmit, survival or nature?
3: That is 21.
2: So you recognize the skull on top of his head to be that of a bear? Oh shit. But it's, it has to be a massive one because of how big this chieftain is. You would say that he's about the same height as, uh, the one with the Stetson, but Mm -hmm. much heavier and much wider. Um, he's, he's, he's definitely not like, like rippled muscly type of look. He's more like, uh, have you ever watched like the world's strongest man competitions? They kind of have like big bellies and just big frames and, and they don't necessarily, they're not necessarily like cut to the point where you can see all of their muscles just bulging on each other. But you still know that they're strong as fuck. Right. And right. he's sort of like leaning back with, uh, with his arms sort of draped over the sides of this throne that seems to be made entirely out of bones and skulls.
3: Can I see if, does he look healthy? I mean, he, he's obviously scarred and worn, but does he look healthy?
2: Why don't you make me a medicine check?
3: Medicine. That's a 10.
2: You think that this orc is probably a little bit past his prime. And you, you would guess that he probably doesn't have many more years to sit on this throne before somebody is going to take him off of it. Okay. Like, especially looking at the battle wounds that he has... You would guess that he's defended his claim many times at this point. And um, so, as you walk closer, um, the one with the Stetson on sort of goes and takes a position next to the throne and puts his hands behind his back and says,
1: I am Gija, voice of Urgot. You said you had a gift. Urgot is curious
3: yes I do and I I don't like bow but I I just lower my head a little bit to Orgot, and then I say it's on my saddle um may I get it
2: oh no Gija <laughs> nods at you and heads, oh, no. and uh like like just gives you a curt nod and you take that to mean like yeah but hurry
3: Okay, then I just quickly go out to the saddle and I'm going to grab the gun belt, but I hold the buckle. I clearly, obviously hold the buckle where it has um, Joe Moore's two (laughs) fancy pistols.
1: Um, Oh, nice.
0: I thought you were going to give him his head.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And um, I'm going to walk back in still very obviously holding the buckle
2: so as you get uh, back into this room and you look at gija and uh, he nods for you to approach and you go and you hand the uh, the gun belt to urgot and he pulls out the he pulls out the pistols and he looks and like he He seems to know basically what he's doing. It takes him a second to find the little lever to open it up. And, you know, he kind of looks it over and sees its fine construction. And he looks over at uh, Urgot and he nods and, uh, or I'm sorry, he looks over at Gija and he nods and
1: Gija says, This gift is acceptable.
3: I'm happy to hear that.
1: Why have you come?
3: I am not well. I can't hear in one ear. And I've lost some of my strength due to dark magic. And my servant also has lost strength due to dark magic.
1: You must undergo. Riave wrote to Ukav. Once you are Gijak, you will have earned... The right to demand anything of our shaman.
3: Maybe you could explain what that means to me in common, since my orkish
1: is is pretty bad. You must seek out Savorm Ununake and steal one of its eggs.
3: Yeah, uh, <clears throat> um are there any of the storm snakes nearby
1: there is one all rock gut when they reach adulthood must go and complete riave ro dukav
3: thank you I nod my head and I walk out of the tent
2: and so Tom uh, both of these orcs they get off of their horses and they're like kind of slowly getting uh closer to you and they don't get like into your personal bubble necessarily but they're just sniffing the air and licking their lips and just looking at you like you are a Christmas ham and one of them looks at you and says why
1: are you here?
0: My master he was afflicted with Sort of a disease, and I as well. We were hoping to get healing from your shaman. You give me your finger. (laughs) I obviously don't. (laughs) And I
2: start scanning the area for possible exits. You think
1: your master get mad we take small taste?
0: Um... Now that you mention it, he probably wouldn't care, but... (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were brought in here as guests to see your chief. I
2: don't think that he would appreciate you dining on us before he gets a bite. He kind of looks puzzled for a second. And then sort of nods and backs off a little bit, and uh, you can you can definitely tell that if uh, if this if this guy is scared of anything, it's his chief, <laughs> and uh, basically. They just kind of keep teasing you a little bit with, uh, you know, still sniffing the air and, you know, still kind of getting a little bit close to you, but definitely staying further away than before. And then Igmit appears back out of the tent. I don't
0: say anything, but I'm pretty clearly relieved to see him. (laughs) Probably more than I've ever (laughs) been.
3: All right. Um, I'm going to walk over to Tom and see. you ever sinked a snake before?
0: Pardon? Have you ever sinked a snake before? Not back in Fireport. Seen a couple on our time here.
3: You're in for a real treat. And I, <laughs> I uh, I gesture over to to one of the orcs that brought us in. And, um,. Your man in there tells me I gotta find an egg from a snake. Can you give me directions as to where I go?
2: He laughs this sort of weird guttural laugh that doesn't sound natural almost. And uh, he
1: says, you go down to basin. You make noise. It come.
3: You sure about that?
1: No. Probably and bad. Very big swallow you whole.
0: <laughs>
1: Leave servants so I can eat if you not return.
3: Um, I, I find him very useful in my travels.
1: He looked tasty.
3: I don't know. He's kind of sheepish for my taste.
1: <laughs> Sheep taste good, too.
3: Can I make an insight check to see if this guy really wants me to leave Tom with him? Yeah, go ahead. Let's see. It's a 14.
2: No, you, you definitely get the feeling. Because, like, he keeps glancing back over at Tom to just see Tom's reaction as he's saying these things. And you get the feeling that orcs might not even eat people. <laughs> <laughs>
3: He's just he's just pulling your leg, Tom. He, he's got a lot better shit to eat than you. That's for damn sure.
0: Wouldn't eat an Easterner
3: if I had to. And I just take my horse and uh, I kind of chuckle at the guy and. uh... Oh, both
2: of the orcs are just rolling laughing. Like they are, they are so, so happy. Like they've got these giant grins across their face and their, their tusks are sort of, uh, like it's a very weird to see them grin because their tusks sort of push their lips out. And so it almost just looks like like a like a gorilla baring its teeth instead of a <laughs> smile, and so if you didn't hear the laugh along with it, you would probably assume that they were about to get violent. but <laughs> it's definitely very clear to you that they've been fucking with
1: Tom this whole time
0: <laughs> as we as we start to walk away from them, I turn and and try to give two retaliatory like sniffs as a gesture, but then I reflexively gag. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: kind of dry heat, <laughs> they just second. laugh harder <laughs> <laughs> so do you um you wanna go investigate anything while you're here? so we're kind of free to roaming around now <clears throat> it's it would appear so nobody seems to be stopping <laughs> you, like they don't seem to be very afraid of you guys. There's two of you and a lot of them fair
3: I want to refill our water skins. And then maybe go over to the the market area. Okay.
0: Tom is not comfortable, but at the realization that they can kind of roam freely in this camp, he becomes way more relaxed. Where are we going first?
3: Well, we need to get some water. And... I don't know, I figured... I could try and get some information about this snake before we leave.
0: Yeah, what is that about anyway?
3: I reckon it's just to test our grit. See if I really mean what I'm saying, and uh, if I bring him an egg, they'll let me see the
0: shaman. And you know what this snake
2: is.
3: Uh, can I make a history check?
2: Why don't you make me a nature check instead? Nature check. Thirteen. So you have... One of the things that you know um, in your travels is that magic has been kind of weird, especially out in the Deadlands. And some animals get basically imbued with magic. And, you know, it, it, it usually causes them to have some sort of a a weird either, sometimes it's elemental or sometimes it will be, um, like, they'll just be large or maybe they'll have, like, armored plating that'll sort of fuse in with them. Like, there's, there's all sorts of things that can happen to these creatures. And so, like, that would be probably your best guess, but you've never heard of anything that would sound like what's been described to you. But that doesn't mean shit.
1: <laughs>
3: okay. Well, Tom, I'm I'm not quite sure, but we just don't have many options, and uh, we don't have that much
0: time, neither. Well, you spoke of challenging the chief. Maybe, maybe that would be enough to get his body and a shaman healing.
3: I, I don't trust myself fighting him until I'm healed. I... I want to be full strength.
0: What did he look like out of curiosity? Hello. <laughs> what are we dealing with here? Oh, he's a big boy.
3: Uh... he's He's got some years on him for sure. Um... Real scarred up. Big feller. Um... I don't know. I I think he spends more time on his throne more than his horse nowadays.
0: Well, where are we going?
3: Um, we need to find some water, and let's just talk to one
0: person before we leave. <laughs> oh, right. You said that. Sorry. I'm a little distracted.
2: <laughs> so as you guys are passing by that walled area that's maybe three, four hundred feet in front of this large circular tent where you met Urgot. Igmit, you can actually see that there are um there are young orcs, maybe maybe five, six years old somewhere in that neighborhood, and they're they're balancing up on these on these beams, basically, um or not beams, on on these logs that are sort of like planted in the ground and they're maybe six inches in diameter or so and like but they're definitely because you would guess that the wall around this area is maybe six seven feet tall and you can clearly see these orcs up above it and so i mean they're probably 10 15 feet in the air One of the things that you do notice, though, is that while you know about how young they are, I mean, they're massive. Like, they are very large for kids. And, like, it just... It seems... Like, Tom, it seems very weird to you to be training children this young in, in calisthenics or anything like that. But then when you guys pass the gate... You can see that some of the even older ones are already using weapons and sparring with each other. And you even see one of the kids strikes another one with, uh, with a, with a large stick. And I mean, you hear a bone crack and the other orc falls down to the ground and a bunch of the other orcs, uh, start kind of crowding around and, and teasing him in orcish and, and you can see that there are adults around and they're just watching this and making no move to stop it or anything like that. They're basically just kind of letting them go through the motions and, and do whatever it is that, uh, that these kids think is appropriate once they've vanquished their enemy. And it's, uh, for you, Igmed, I don't think it's probably that jarring, but Tom, This is probably pretty jarring for you. It's no wonder so many of these orcs are missing parts and pieces.
0: Hey, I wonder if uh, Mark Baggio grew up in an orc camp.
3: (laughs) What? Oh, the northern feller. No, he wouldn't survive this. (laughs) Hell, I wouldn't survive this.
0: Did they accept our gold here? Certainly can try, uh, I think so. I'm going to say hesitant about going to an unknown place. I left mm, like uh, two-thirds of my gold at home.
2: Okay. Note to self, Rob Tom's room. <laughs> 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 Oh fuck
0: um the closer the closer we get to this market, I assume the stronger the smells get and the more that Tom is wondering what the hell he's gonna eat while they're during their time here.
2: <laughs> so um as you guys get closer to the market, um, you see that that there are a lot of people bartering and trading and things like that, but you don't see any gold or paper money exchange hands like it's only goods this doesn't look promising why don't you make me a perception check igmit 12 you can see sort of like in the center of this market area um there's a not a very not a very large circle just a just a small circle and you know just some area of uh, just dirt and whatnot and then there's this very rough shod looking stone well that's uh, in the center of it and it uh, it seems equidistant from the majority of the uh, the tents and you would think that that's probably because of uh, how competitive most orcs are, and, you know, if you tried to move in too close to the well, somebody might take offense to that, and you know what I mean? Like, it just, it seems like it might be public use. Okay. That is one of the
0: shoddiest wells I've ever seen. Yeah, there ain't many masons around here. Hesitant to drink the water, they probably pee in the same water they drink.
3: Good hell, Tom. These <laughs> the savages. You really going to insult these people in their walls? If they wanted to kill us, we'd already be dead. Very well.
0: I'll insult them later.
1: <laughs>
3: um, I'm gonna find someone standing near the wall, the well.
2: Yeah, you see um there's an Orcish woman. She's a uh- She's dressed in a red cotton shirt. It's definitely it's definitely bleached a little bit white at this point. It seems like it's uh got some age to it. She's got her tusks are probably about the same size as yours. Um she's got long uh like brownish hair. It's it's definitely got some some sort of streaks of blonde where it's sort of been sun bleached in areas, but uh And then she's got a large uh, red bandana that's just tied in sort of keeping her hair out of her face and stuff like that. And she's got a massive scar over uh, her right eye and her right eye is fused closed. But other than than that, I mean, for an orc, she's kind of pretty. I mean, Tom, you definitely don't think so. (laughs) But Igmit, you don't find her half bad. Um <laughs> uh, pardon me little sister. She uh she sort of like straightens herself out and you see that she's about the same height as you <laughs>
3: <laughs> Yes, uh the the well over there. Do you think anybody'd mind if my friend and I filled our water skins from it? I don't care. But some might. Should I pay for it?
1: Pay? This pay? You mean... Gold? Imperium dollars? No, no.
3: It's unmarked gold. Just... I I can trade. I I have... I have things on my saddle. Uh... I just don't want anybody to get mad if I take some
1: water. You do not understand our ways. You should take Gijak Shul. Gijak Uav.
3: Thank you, ma'am. Um, and,
2: uh... She what? sort of, like like, motions to you to, like, straighten yourself out. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like kind of like a make yourself look bigger type of thing. Like, <laughs> she that. seems kind of nice, actually. Like, she's gruff and a little bit curt, but she seems kind of nice.
0: I love that Igmet just said thank you, ma'am, to an orc. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to say
3: thanks, bitch?
1: Yeah, I mean, probably. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um,. I walk past her and um, walk up to the well.
2: There's a bucket and a long piece of hempen rope um, that is just kind of sitting next to it. Like, there is no sort of crank or anything like that. You literally just throw the bucket in there and then muscle it up.
3: Come do your job, servant. I motion for Tom. (laughs) sure they're okay with a human <laughs> touching their water. We'll sure find out, won't we?
0: I'm afraid that I'm the one that's gonna find out first. Yep, that's my plan.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Roll my eyes and drop the bucket in the well.
1: It takes
2: a while before you feel it splash in there and uh you you wait a few seconds to just sort of let it fill up completely, and then you start to hand over hand bring it up, and it's a lot more exhausting than you expected, um, especially considering how large this bucket actually is, and now that it's filled with water, you know, this, uh, this iron bucket with uh, probably five gallons of water in it, and uh, how strong are you, Tom? Actually, Tom's kind of strong, so I don't think it'll be a super problem for him. I'm 12 strong. All right, perfect. Um, you're, you're a bit exhausted after you get done, and it definitely didn't do any wonders for your hangover, <laughs> but you, you managed to pull it up no trouble. And when you bring it up and you set it on the, on the dirt and you look in there, it just seems to be clear, cold water.
0: Well, at least it's not green. I'm going to stick our canteens in there, whatever we've got, our bags or whatever we've been using for water.
3: Um, Tim, would you say that Igmet would have, like, some jerky or or small rations or something in his
2: saddlebags? Well, yeah, what the hell have you guys been eating?
3: (laughs) He's gonna get a bag of jerky off the saddle and put it, uh, just, like, on some stones or something next to the well. Just leave it there.
0: (laughs) Not, like, a bunch of food, just... I'm gonna give it a sorrowful look as I realize that he's gonna
2: give up our (laughs) rations. So, Igmit, you finish uh, filling up your canteen and Tom, you do as well and as you guys are walking away you see one orc sort of approaches the well and, like, picks up the the jerky and he sort of sniffs it a little bit and... As he's about to take a bite of it you see another orc walks up and like glares at him for a second And and Tom you definitely do not understand this at all because it's all an orcish but Igmit you're doing just fine you uh, hear him yell I saw it first and the other one like gets very beet red and you start to see veins bulging in his (laughs) his face and then they both clash into each other and lock their tusks up and the first one like starts driving his forehead into the second one and like brings him down after a little while to his knees and the one that came over and yelled that he saw it first uh, you know who's down on his knees now sort of like starts to back away and just allows the 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 first orc to finish his meal and one of the things that you kind of get from that exchange is that uh the strongest own things here and if you're not strong enough to own something then well and so yeah you uh you definitely Igma, you definitely hear some people sort of uh, taunting you with Fausch Nuavuk. With and a lot, of, uh, a lot of them are just sort of mocking you with that as you're making your way towards the gates. And, and they just kind of seem to want to see if you're going to do anything about it.
3: Stone-faced, just leading my horse to the gate.
2: And as you, uh, get closer, a couple of, uh, a couple of orcs that are near the gates, they grab on, or they, uh, yeah, they grab onto these sort of leather whips, and, uh, they whip the butts of these horses that start to drag open the gates again, and, uh, you guys go ahead and head back out into the wilderness. In the Witchgrave
0: Covenant, like many other fantasy realms, it's the heroes that save the day. Slaying dragons, rescuing villages, delving dungeons, they're the people you go to when evil is afoot in the land. Ever wonder what happens when those heroes aren't around? Sometimes when sinister forces are at work, the only people you've got to call on are the town doctor. I'm not going to lie to you. This is going to hurt. That crazy lady who raises mules. You
2: have to be glossy at all times.
0: <laughs> and the gnome kid that runs the dispensary. You know Big Milo down at Newbridge. He's got mules as well. That's right. It's time for the NPCs to step up and save the day.
1: I think I killed some. I did kill some.
2: <laughs>
0: You were healing trauma on one of the most renowned highwaymen in the area.
2: Also true, but...
0: hey, no mule, that's a donkey. What? Or maybe they'll just make everything worse. The Session Tapes, Children of the Covenant. Fridays at www.thesessiontapes.com. Also available on iTunes,
2: Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Mystery Fantasy Dungeon 9000 is a 25-year-old living and growing world. Now, two years as a podcast, we use rules from all editions of D&D and some from other D20 systems. Join as two groups brave this old world, in which years of previous adventures have plundered and enjoyed locking away powerful evils. And now... After four ages, those very evils are breaking free. How will the current groups deal with this play? Will they be able to deal with the things they've unleashed? Hunt us down monthly, wherever you can summon a podcast. Want more LCP D&D? All our info and content can be found through lcpdnd.com. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can share the show with friends or on social media. You can review us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or wherever you listen. You can pledge any amount of money at patreon.com slash And you can buy LCP merch at sonerdware.com lcp. Regardless of whether you do these things or not, we would love to have you join our Discord server where we chat, post memes, and even play D&D together. Come play with us. The Discord link is in our episode descriptions as well as on our website. You can follow the show on Twitter at lcpdnd. Tim Demuse, our DM, is Ida Grab Your Gun. Chris Riley, who plays Falk, is Chris Riley LCP. Wesley Sullivan, who plays Igmit, is Wide Wide Wes. And I, Brian Bridges, the player of Tom, can be found on Twitter as ManlyBrian and on Instagram as BrianBridges. And that's all for this episode. Until next time, may Ernie bless you, keep you, and make his face shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.
1: The train!